Okay, Father, we just for the good stuff. Amen. Are you still praying? I'm thinking about your prayer because it was so deep. It was Aquinas. 100%. It was really... I was thinking about those five reasons for not speaking in tongues, and I think maybe after your prayer, I agree with all the five thought through yesterday. Have you studied Aquinas? Aquinas? Yeah. Pint with Aquinas? That's... A YouTube channel for Catholics. It's great, though. It's actually pretty great. I actually (laughs) love that YouTube channel. I love it. I just watched. I just watched um, uh, a Catholic. uh, They had a priest that does deliverance. Yep, I watched that. The exorcism one. Mm -hmm. I thought it was. And he went to Michael Knowles after. Did you see that? Michael Knowles. I didn't watch the full thing, but I saw they went. But I, I loved it. Did you, what did you think of it? I didn't watch that one. I watched the other one. Dude, you need to. It's like three hours, two and a half hours of just a, a view, a lens into uh, exorcism. Dude, I, I loved it. I was dealing with one of those in jail a couple of days ago. How long have you been out of jail? <laughs> I was there on Thursday night. That was when the guy with all the Nazi things start throwing up while I was praying for him and everybody was scared of me, which is really fun when everybody in the jail is scared of you. Okay, so what does that look like? You go into a jail? I go in and they lock me in just with the guys or like, I'll go in a pod. There'll be 40 people. They lock me in and I'll be there for a couple of hours. I'll do worship. I'll preach. I lay hands on everybody. I get yelled by the supervisor of the jail because he saw the camera, somebody on the floor and he said that I shoved the person. It's like, you can't shove people on the floor. Why is this big man laying on the floor? I said, he collapsed. <laughs> This is in Greenville. Yeah. So or like, in yeah, last week, this guy with all the Nazi tattoos. Yeah. I went to pray for him. He started like coughing him. Like he goes through full deliverance. He's on really? fire. Yeah. We're baptizing 30 guys this next week. In in the jail. Yeah. Okay. I mean two in Cock County also, dude. Cock County's fire. Is it? We can call it Newport. Because uh, that's the name of the yeah. city. Newport's a little safer. Yeah, Newport is a little safer, dude. So, it is wild. So, like, literally, I just go in, they lock me in, and they go, like, you know, knock and yell real loud, like, on the windows whenever you need to. to okay, get out. listen, before we get too deep into it, hey, everybody, welcome back to another Iris. Uh, I'm going to look at this camera, or should I do that one right down the center? Corey's shaking his head. Uh, I'm going to look at this one. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another Iris Global Green Room. We are here, here, we are here. Uh, we're here with uh, <laughs> Abel, Abel. I've, I hear both. Both. But Abel. That's right. Uh, Cariaco. Uh, Carico. Cariso. 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 Is yeah. it Cariaco? No, it's Cariso. Cariso. Uh, we're here with Abel Cariaco from uh, our Iris Greenville base. You're not going to want to miss this episode. I've been really looking forward to this. I like Come legit uh, really looking forward. If you want your faith encouraged, if you want to be challenged, you are not going to want to miss this. And uh, do me do me a favor and uh, like like this video. It helps us with more people seeing this. And trust me, today you're not going to want to miss this one. There's other ones you want to miss. You don't want to miss this one. <laughs> Good. Um, Abel. Yes. Uh, just really quick for the peoples. You're married? I am. How long? Nine years. Rapid fire. Nine years. Nine years. You are 31. Wow. I mean, you... I'm ready. A little less robotic. Come on. Hit uh, me. How long have you been living in the States? Since 2010. Okay. So if people, you have not been day drinking. I have not. You, you just have a weird accent. I do. <laughs> it's like a Brazilian Southern redneck thing. Brazilian Southern redneck. Can you say that? No. Okay. I don't know. Can I just you? did. You did. It's uh, all right. And I think you fit the mold, <laughs> if there is a mold for that. 
You got you got your boots on. I have t- boots with my see. Tennessee flags. Let me see. Ah, here it is. Oh my goodness! I know. Jealousy don't look good on you, pal. It doesn't. I got my Tennessee made boots. <laughs> those are, those are, <laughs> those are too fancy. Those those are not from my for wife, Appalachia. My wife got them for me for my birthday. I, I can tell. Stop, <laughs> Abel. She's a kind woman. She's amazing. <laughs> She's a good lady. I love Moosey. Moosey would love you. <laughs> She's a good lady. She bought me boots, and I love them. It's amazing. Uh, so you've been married nine years. How many kids you got? Three. Three, and one of them. I adopted my first mm-hmm. child, so my son is about to turn 20. Yes. So you're 31. You got a 20-year-old. Yes. Okay. We're like 12 years apart or something like that. Great. That's interesting. It was. It was awesome. And... You live in Greenville, Tennessee. I do. You work at? I work at Holson Home for Children. Mm-hmm. So Children's Home started in 1895. Okay. Yep. But you also run Iris. It's Greenville. Greenville. Yes, absolutely. So just let's give people a two-sentence two overview of what Iris Greenville is. I feel like the best way for me to explain Iris Greenville. That's it's one a, sentence. It's a group of people that moved to Greenville and we just wanted to serve the Appalachian people and like bring the fire to the gospel. That's it. So we're plugged into all of those things that God, some of the things God already had going in there and we just kind of came me and him brought a boost okay. and seen what the Lord is doing. I think that's a fair yeah. overview. And so you, you, you started off working at Holston Homes mm-hmm. and then God moved. Yeah, so I I was hired to be like the chaplain mm-hmm. to the kids, right? So we have like 60 kids that come from like families just going through hard things in life. Uh, and my wife and I, my wife, Nicole, she's amazing. I'm just going to yes, throw is. that out there. We both, she got hired to do all the horse therapy thing, mm-hmm. which is not doing therapy on horses, but it's using horses for therapy with kids. Yep. Uh, and I was hired as the chaplain. And it was just supposed to do, hey, do Bible study with the kids. Yep. Uh, the president there loved Jesus. So he's like, do Bible study with the kids, do a chapel on Sunday morning. And that was supposed to be like it. And then God just started moving and moving and moving and moving and now it's like a full-blown community church and there's people from all over the world that moved there to serve with us and now we're doing works in in the jails and high school and and college campus and it's just everywhere wow it's just wild right now. how many missionaries do you have right now it's a really good question we helped a lot of people to i feel like in the first like year and a half when folks started moving around like right after the pandemic and stuff about that, that time about 50 people just like moved in so since then there's still more there's some folks moving in yeah. from europe right now there's there's us always people coming and they're just serving with us so i, I stopped counting okay so the last <laughs> time i checked yes and i and i'm not sure this is 100 accurate okay it's pretty accurate though. okay you have the largest missions base as far as missionaries serving Oh yeah, like folks that went through like training within yep. Iris, like in Harvest all of School, Iris. and yeah, we have more like Harvest School graduate folks serving with us, I think, than anywhere else in the world. That's what I hear. Yeah, and and so people are coming in mm-hmm. because of what God's doing, mm-hmm. and it's really unique because you guys work. A lot of you work mm-hmm. in Holston homes. Yes, absolutely. But you're also just going yes, out. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it is both. So like out of that, there's a prayer house now in Greenville. And, and the thing is, you need to understand that Greenville, it's like, yeah, yes, it's a little place. It is a, it is a little place. So all of those people coming, it's just, it's just 
Incredible. Yeah. And we, so we run a church now called The Rock in, mm -hmm. in Greenville, which is a full blown community church. Then we started like a church plant at trailer parks. Cause whenever Nicole and I went to harvest school, we, we went out with Iris, right? Like Bush Bush outreach. Yeah. And we wanted to stay. And the Lord said, go back to East Tennessee, which was like mind blowing for us. So when we got back to East Tennessee, you know, it made, it made sense. We started working at children's homes. So we're like, okay, we're doing the thing of helping, you know, orphans and widows in their distress. It's like, this is beautiful. And then we started praying, where's our bush? Where's our bush bush? Like, and if you have been to Africa, you know, like yes. the bush bush, the little villages. That's a and phrase that Heidi uses. It is. <laughs> yeah. And, and we felt like it was like the trailer parks in the hills. Like, okay. and we we're like, we're going to go into those places. So I would go in and like rent a trailer in the trailer park and start like a, like a, like a home church, uh, in this, in this spot. And then God opened the door for me to go into a jail and become the chaplain for a jail. And within a month, God opened the door to another jail. So we're in like in two jails and then everything It's so hard. It's not hard to explain what's happening. It's hard to explain what is what, because host and home we all running such a good partnership yeah. so close together that it's like we all just kind of you know work together and start a women's rehab now also for women that are just struggling with drug addiction right so if you think about it, you have kids that have been taken away from home and put in state custody and now i'm in the jail reaching out a lot of times like their parents and their family members and then folks are getting out of the jail and they're going into our 12-month rehab getting clean getting a job getting not just cleaning a job like on fire for Jesus. Yeah. Like those ladies, when they're graduating, like I would entrust them to go and start a church and just like, they're like incredible, like to go out and preach the gospel. And then, you know, then you're doing well. And then guess what? You become a home that can take your kid back or it can bring reconciliation. So it looks like a pretty incredible plan, but nobody said how to do an incredible plan. Right. We also started a, a man's home now to, to get the guys from the jail into a house, which will help them to get a job and disciple them. And so it, all of this, holistic thing happened, but without anybody trying to make it happen, it was just like God brought the pieces together. Wow. And so you are seeing, you're seeing a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think in the U S yes, uh, you're, you're one of the ones in Iris in the U S that's, I feel like has seen the favor. I think mm. like you, Kurt, I don't want to list them off, but there's a, there's a yeah, few yeah, people yeah. that are like seeing crazy mm -hmm. favor. Yeah. And most of the time we think about internationally, right? Yes. We think absolutely. about going to Africa, mm -hmm. going to yeah. wherever. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. South America. Mm -hmm. It seems like God did the opposite with you, right? Yes. Took you out of Brazil, mm -hmm. brought you here to mm -hmm. ignite a passion in Greenville, Tennessee. Yeah, which is just wild. And the truth is, and of course, with all fairness, I spent, you know, this past nine years in Greenville and I stayed there a lot, but I've seen more of the miraculous and mm -hmm. salvations and deliverance and healings and everything like in Greenville more than I've seen anywhere else. Of course, I spent all my time, most of my time there, but it's just incredible what God is doing. It's just like wild and it's just beautiful. The thing was, I didn't, I didn't want to come back to the U.S. I, and I love the U.S., Clearly I'm wearing like cowboy boots. I love the States, Marka. Like I love it. Yeah. I live, I love East Tennessee. I have become very Appalachian myself. Yeah. But I, you know, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll do some work at a children's home and then, you know, I'll go out some international, you know, I'll go out to the nations or whatever. And, and the Lord was really clearly. And he said, I'm going to teach you how to lose your life for my name's sake in a first world country. You know, cause I feel like you can go, you know, you, you go overseas and, and, and it's, and it's hard work and it's incredible, but there is a, you know, a leak in your roof and you take a picture and you put hashtag, you know, 
African missions and you laugh, but if you're in the US and you have a leak in your roof, you're mad and you're angry and your things have to be done on time. Like yeah. people lose the heart of missions, I feel like a lot of times in the first world. It becomes like ministry, but not mission. So learning how to lose our life, give everything. So, you know, the Lord spoke to me at that time and he was like, you know, if you woke up in a third world country and, and hear my heart, I'm from a third world country. I have plenty of missionaries, friends, they're, they're out. I'm not, I think yeah. it's incredible. I wanted to be there before the Lord did that. He told me, you would wake up every day knowing you gave up everything for me. Yeah. And he said, but what I actually want to do, it's backwards. I want you to wake up every day in a place where you have everything and you lay down everything every day for me. So I want you to not wake up in a place that you don't have anything. I want you to wake yeah. up in a place where you have everything and willingly choose to lay it down to follow me and lose your life in a first world country. So you've been doing this nine years? Yeah, I've been, yeah. I and went to Harvest School in 2013 and then we came back and Nicole and I got married and within a few months we were in Greenville. So you move, let's just walk people through okay. a little bit of your story. So you move out to Greenville, you get a job at Holston Homes. Mm -hmm. And then, which, which did that, were you thinking like this is, how I'm going to start a missions base. I didn't, I didn't think that for the mm -hmm. first couple of years, I had this thing of like, Hey, I'm going to come in here and learn some skills. Right. And then I'm going to go to, I, I don't know, Cambodia and start right, something. Right. But within a couple of years, uh, I had a dream and the Lord was pretty clear that it's like, this is where you, this is where you have to stay. Um, and, and then, within the next couple of weeks, it just really broke my heart for the people in Appalachia. And, and I realized, okay, I'm called to be a lifer. I think we're actually all called to be a lifers. Yeah. I, I think people, you know, I believe that there are seasons, but I believe that people, when they want to quit, they just call it a season a lot of times. Uh, could I say that? You say whatever you okay. want. Okay, so, you know, but, but I, I feel like it was that moment that I was like, you know, I will be in Greenville until I die, unless the Lord clearly says you need right. to leave, and then I, and then I will do it. But but then whenever I realized that, and it was like lifer, then I go, Jesus, I saw you move in Africa. I saw all of those things, and you told me to come here. So I'm gonna believe that you're gonna do incredible works here because you know I'm giving up my life for you, and you're telling me to not go there. You're telling me to stay here. So I'm gonna believe that you want to do something incredible here so for about six years my wife and i did church with those kids yeah that was it that was our whole church was like nicole and i and we were the worship team the praying team the preaching team and we just did church with the kids that was it and when the kid gets got saved and baptized and started doing better they would go into a foster home we'll get a brand new one uh so that was our that was our church. So there was no outsiders. We didn't really go anywhere. It was every week for about six years in a in a smaller room uh, that we had at the school there at the at the children's home. And we did and we did church. And I'm not gonna lie, for the first couple of years it was a whole bunch of And then one day we were worshiping and this kid got up and laid on his face on the front and all the kids got on their faces, started crying. And since then, every time we worship, kids are on the floor, yeah. like worshiping. And then- And these are some of the most broken kids in town. Oh, absolutely. They, they, they've been through, they've been through everything. Like, everything that you can imagine like and, you, and you don't want to imagine. Don't, don't like, let, like what, what are these kids going through? They, you know, a lot of, a lot of them have been addicts since they're like six, seven years old. And maybe their parents turned them on. Some of them been trafficked. Some of them being the amount of, 
yeah, hard things that have happened in their life. It's just, it's just insane. And mm -hmm. they have, a lot of them have gone through multiple homes and moved a lot because, you know, parents are really struggling with addiction or parents are incarcerated. And, and when, when your parents are not around a lot of times, then, then a lot of hard stuff can happen to you and you can get yourself into a lot of hard stuff. So I think the easiest way I can put it is they seen it, it, they've seen it at all and they've been through it all and they've been through a lot. Yeah. It's just, it's just hard. So, so they, they start falling on their faces, right? Yes. And what, what was taking place? What was going on inside of you when you saw that for the first time? That's like, that's what the Lord wants to do. And, and we knew that that's what the Lord wanted to do. And we're going to, we're going to cultivate a place of worship for the King and I love singing songs at worship about the goodness of God because when I see those kids that literally have everything wrong happen in their life, right? They, they've lost their loved ones. They've seen incredible abuse. They've been through a, a lot when they're singing about God being good and them trusting God. It's just, I feel like it's such a special, like, worship of people that has gone through such a hardship, declaring still that God is good. So we knew that the Lord was going was gonna to do something, right? Yeah. And we, none of us knew what that something was supposed to look like. Uh, and, and it was just special that the Lord was touching them. And we were just so grateful. We were just so grateful. So six years. Yep, that was six years. And of you're just plowing? Plowing. You know, people are all like, you guys going to burn out? Or where is your community? And, you know, like, I, I, you know, I believe in community. I believe in the church. But I feel like people sometimes make that into an idol. It's like you can, the only thing I can't live without is Jesus. You know, if the Lord asks you to go to the middle of Sudan and there's not like any Christians there, then what happens? You don't have a community. You lead somebody to the Lord, they become your community and you go from there. Like the community was like those broken kids that were starting to see Jesus. Uh, and and people go, oh, you plugged in. I was like, you know, we're, we're walking in the light. We're pursuing Jesus since, since YouTube happened. All the excuses go out of the window. You can learn. What do you, mean? you can just learn so much, right? You can just learn so much. I'm, I'm there in Greenville six years ago listening to you preach. Mm. You know what I mean? And crying and going, okay, Lord, I'm asking. And I'm, and I'm there listening to Heidi preach. And I'm going, Lord, I, I know you've done this. Can you do it again? Like it was, we have, we have an incredible community. We have probably the largest Irish community ever. So we, we love it. We're not against it. It's a beautiful thing. But I feel like sometimes when the Lord calls you to go and start something, it's so easy for people to go in, do it for a little while and go, it, you know, it's, it's hard. I miss, you know, having all these people worshiping. Nowadays, every time, you know, we, I play a chord in the guitar, I have incredible people that are addicts, they're being transformed. And, and the one that was a prostitute and the one that was a drug dealer, and they're all in their faces worshiping with me. And it's holy and it's heaven and it's beautiful. And it's, and I feel like a lot of times people quit before that, you know, because it's uncomfortable, because it's hard, because they don't have other people kind of around them okay. with the same DNA. It's like, you know, you stay and you worship and you cry out to the Lord and you wait on the Lord and then you see the Lord move. And then everything, I think sometimes that you are wanting to have, then you see it, but it will be through people that you never thought that it would. So I totally agree, right? Yes, I do. But what do you say to someone that went and they tried and they pioneered and they're like, it's not working. It's I'm not done. working? Yeah. The Lord asked you to go. <laughs> That's the first question I always have to everybody. And then, and then 
and then I think, what is the definition, right? Like, what is your definition of working and, and success, right? Like, I, I think obedience, like, for me, it's like the kids at the children's home was not like a, like, sometimes people go, like, you know, you do something really hard and you kind of, like, pay your dues. And then it's like a stepping stone to something greater. And I'm like, right. our kids are not stepping stones for anything. They are they are it. Seeing Jesus touch them, seeing the face of Jesus in them is is the pinnacle, is what I'm waking up for. They are not I'm not trying to to get to this other thing. So yeah, if I spent my life there and it was just kids, then that's the question that the Lord asked me in the in a in a dream when I wanted to leave. I wanted to be there for a couple of years. And it was like, Abel, if you spent your whole life in those hills right here in Greenville, so that, you know, folks from those hills got saved, would that be worth it? And I just said, oh, you, you're giving me Tennessee. And he goes, no, I'm asking, would it be worth it for Greenville? And I'm going, so the Tri-City area, so we're gonna get Johnson City, we're gonna get Bristol. He was like, no, just the folks in this little town. If you you and your wife spend your whole life waking up, worshiping, working hard, preaching to just see folks in this little bitty place touched, would that be worth it? And I couldn't answer him for a while. How weird it is that I couldn't, like how messed up it is that I couldn't, that I wanted I, like a- Why is that weird? I think it's normal. You think it's normal? I do. Okay. Like, I think it's, I think it's totally normal to go through the process. I know, I know it's normal, but I, I, I didn't want to, like, I think your heart can become so much about the, the greater thing yeah. that, that you can just be unwilling to do something that is great in the eyes of the Lord. And I don't mean that in a cheesy way, just like, you know, it was great for Jesus. No, that it's legit, like, great in the eyes of the lord the lord jesus loves the people in this that little town yeah. and i think it's like if i spent my whole life and only spoke to them in that little town and saw them touch it would be a hundred percent worth mm -hmm. like blood sweat and tears in our whole family and our whole life and and i think you know that's what we are that's what i would uh tell folks there go i've been there and done that i'm going like did jesus ask you to go did you did you stay as long as Jesus asked you to stay? Did you wake up every day going like, Jesus, is that, are we good to go now? Like, have we, have we done it? Cause I feel like if you wake up like that, maybe at some point the Lord may even tell you that you can go, but I don't know if it's because you were ready or because you lost heart. Yeah. So it's, how, what have you done to keep you and your wife? So let me, let okay. me just pull back. You and, you and Nicole mm -hmm. are fascinating <laughs> on so many levels. Okay. Uh, a lot of people watching this are like, I want to do that, but mm -hmm. my spouse isn't on board. Okay. Or uh, I want to go, or we tried it, but we lost hope. Mm -hmm. And like legitimate no, reasons, I, dude, family I, members pass. It's hard. It's simple, but it's hard. Okay. Like we have a lot of hard going on. Like it's really easy to come in the podcast and I can yeah, yeah, share yeah. like 3,800. Like, and we're going to do all those things. Like, you know, testimonies. Yeah. And then like really hard things that happened in the past two years. You know what I mean? Just hard and hits mm -hmm. and people that you love that that died and people that you pour your life yeah. to and you saw them die and it's and it's it's hard it so is what keeps you going and i know the answer i think i know the answer what is the like, answer but wa walk us through like when you face those hard things 
Listen, we're talking to mostly yeah. a missional community. 100%. Here, right? And so, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Okay, hopefully fine. people can be able I, to follow. It is what it is, dude. I, I have no agenda. Okay, we're building this airplane as we're flying. Yeah, we're, it's all good. So, but there's a lot of people that watch this that okay. are like, I want to go. I want to do a lot mm -hmm. of students, yeah. right? Absolutely. And, or they, they had a dream when they were younger. They, they dipped their toe in the water. Mm -hmm. What is the what is the difference that keeps you guys going on? Like, And I would say, like, one of the things that I've watched is your marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. So your wife is like on yes, board. There is. is no, you, you are totally unified. We are, we are. And, and we had those, we had those conversations before, like before we started mm -hmm. and we're going like, if we're going to really do this thing, like we only have this one life to lay it down for Jesus, yeah. only, only one. And if we're going to do this thing, it's going to cost us a lot. Is going to cost us, I, I believe, like everything. And we, yeah. and when you say yes to everything, you have no idea what everything is, right? Like you, yeah. you don't know. We don't. We didn't know, but we agreed that if we felt the Lord asked us to do something, we both knew that the Lord was asking us to do something. We could miss the Lord by just missing it, like we didn't. We didn't know that the Lord wanted us to do this, but we could never willingly miss the Lord. If we knew the Lord asked us to do something, it does not matter if I cried, she cried, we're mad, we're upset, we're, we had made a, like with each other an agreement that we would say yes. So it's like when the Lord asked you to adopt, right? And you were like 20, I was like 23, Nicole's 22, he was like 12. You know, and everybody's like, you have lost your mind. Let, you let's talk about your adoption. Okay. Okay, so. Yeah, anyone that knew the story yes. of your son's life mm -hmm. is like, what are you doing? Yes, you 100%. Kids, and, can can and you we, share any about yeah, that? Yeah, because Nicole and I, we didn't have a little babies yet. Okay. Uh, it was just Nicole and I, we were probably a year and a half married. <laughs> and and the Lord asked us to, uh, to adopt our son. And, and he wasn't like a cakewalk. You know, there are some kids that you go... Man, I could take that one home. He was not yeah, that yeah. one. He was, <laughs> son, I love you. Uh, my, my, my son is amazing. Uh, but he was not. He was not. And he had been through a lot of hard and lived in a lot of places and a lot of hardships. And he came in uh, in, uh, in our lives. And it was Nicole and I, we were like, you know, early 20s, you know. And so he was just, one of the kids from the home. From, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And So all and, that story of like all the junk that happens to these kids, Yes, so it's coming to my home now. Yeah. Now you don't get to clock out and go home. You bring it home with you. It's 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 your it's your child now. Mm -hmm. And man, I'm gonna tell you for anybody that is watching that done like any foster care or stuff like this, yeah. I'm going like y'all are like veterans. Like by the time you finish, it is it is hard, right? Because a kid has been through all this traumatic experience and they are trying to like you guys are gonna kick me out anyway, so I'm gonna reject you before you reject me and I get hurt, so I'm gonna make your life misery. So in the end, I can just go, I didn't want, it's not that they didn't want, they wanted right. me, I just didn't want them, right? And it becomes easier in the in the rejection. And, and the truth is like, we had no idea what we were doing. We never had a teenager, we never had a kid yeah. at a time. And, and we took him in and he came in, he came in hot, that's the easiest way I, I can say, and it was just 
hard. Can you talk about? Yes, yeah, like you it. know when people when people go like, I don't know how could somebody ever put a child away. I'm going. I know how. Here it is. This is your backpack. Uh, that is a bus ticket. Have a beautiful day. I am. I am kidding. Of course, right. I literally give my life working with yeah. kids. But I'm just saying, when if somebody is in your home and they are like explosive all the time and non-compliant and you can't just get them to go take a shower get to eat everything every simple task ever it's right. like a, a power struggle and a fight and and right you can tell me what to do and and this and that and i'm mad so i'm gonna you know run away and and you know into the night and you're like and you're not sleeping well you're keeping yourself calm and you know that it's all this trauma and stuff, but at the same time, at some point, it starts taking a toll on you, right? You can't yeah. just do anything normal anymore. It's like you go in, some friends invite you for a cookout and you know, and your kid's just moody, you're having a really, really hard time and this and that, and you have to leave because it's not working out. And, and in the midst of that, like it was one of those things, the Lord told us to do it. Right. That was it. How, okay, so, so how did you hear? How did I hear? Yeah, like how do you guys practically okay. hear something? Because like you've said that a couple of times. Okay, so this kid comes up to me yeah. in a cafeteria and he said, you know, it would be really nice, Pastor Abel. And I was like, what? You know, and he was like, if you took me home and you were my dad and Miss Nicole was my mom. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here the whole time. Who's going to take care of you at home? You, you know, that just wouldn't work. Skirt. Yeah. And I got home. Uh, and late at the night, I told Nicole that we we're just like laying in bed trying to fall asleep. And I, and I tell her that and she gets really quiet. And if you know me, I have two speeds and it's on and off. Yeah. Yeah. So when I've I, never really seen the off, but it's okay. when I'm asleep. Okay. Um, so That's why I haven't seen it. When I, when I lay down and it's like gone in 60 seconds. Tonight when you're sleeping, <laughs> I'm just going to walk. I'll just, you're just going to wake up. I'll just be watching. Watching me. Yeah, I yeah, but see you, what but you like. have to do that before like 450. Cause that's when I wake up. So you're so going to have to. Weird. <laughs> so I'm like, so Nicole is super quiet. And she says like, she's quiet for like half an hour. And she says, Abel. Uh, are you awake? And I say, yes. And she knows it's a miracle because of the moment that I lay down, I'm asleep. Yeah. So I'm like 30 minutes quiet. And she goes, I think the Lord may be in that. And I go, let's go to sleep. So we go to sleep. And the next morning, I just, you know, I, I said, I wake up and I say, Lord, I think you want me to do this. And it, if you don't stop me, I think we're going to do it. And I just heard the true religion, the sight of God, take care of orphans and widows and yeah, their distress James. and not be corrupted by the world. And I heard that in my mind and I heard, and he said, why are you asking permission for something I already commended? And I was like, Oh, so I said, I'm going to wait for half a day. And you guys are married a year, yeah. year and a half. Yeah. I'm, I was like, I'll wait for like half a day. And like halfway through the day, Nicole, calls me and we're talking about something in the middle of what we're talking. She just interrupted me and says, truly in the sight of God, taking care of orphans. And I was like, what did you say? And she goes, I don't know. It just came to my mind. And I said, you know, we're supposed to do that. She says, yeah, I know we're supposed to do that. So we started the journey and we took him in and I'm going to tell you something. It was the hardest thing that I had ever done. The most incredible thing I had ever done. Like my son is incredible. 
he's like yeah. he's a miracle and i'm not saying this in the podcast everybody that comes to visit yeah, yeah, and meet no. my son they go the that's yeah. not your son they're yeah. like that that can't be this kid with this story and this past and this thing and like he is amazing and he's flipping hilarious he's so funny yeah. dude he's so he said has such a good sense of humor he's incredible and the thing is it's not because we were the greatest parents ever it's because he was like touched like the lord did a miracle it, mm. the lord did a miracle in his heart in his mind and it was like in in understanding like being adopted into the family of christ like after seeing him it, it was i understood it so much better it was like we literally became like he has zero doubt that i'm his dad right and it calls his mom and we have i forget his adopted most of the days and he goes i never think i'm adopted because I, I don't think it either and it was a miracle but one thing we did do we did not quit when right. it got really hard because we heard somebody saying if you don't quit you win and we believe that? that it was a different lady <laughs> like out in africa somewhere it's heidi <laughs> it's one of the things that we say in iris if you don't quit you win you don't quit you win and we yeah. prayed a lot and we just were like we are we are in this thing like for better or for worse there is no there is no turning back we are doing this thing and we got to see the lord doing it and he's such a joy and the truth is everybody's like now you have little kids are you not worried like our daughters, our little ones, like, like they love him. Like, and he loves them. He's so incredible with them. He's like the best, like bigger brother they could ever have. Yeah. It's like, it's so incredible. I'm like, it's just, it's just one of those things that people go, that's so hard. And, and he was, but he has been such a gift for our family. And the truth is like, he also grew us a lot, dude. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I remember actually when we started working at the children's home and I was, you know, and I, and I was doing my job and, it, and it's hard and it's like under stress and stuff. But I remember we just got married and I'm driving back and forth and that scripture kept going of like, consider all joy when you go through all this kind of hardships because you'll be perfect lacking nothing. And I remember just start telling the Lord, like, I, I want to lack nothing. I want to grow on this Lord. And I was like, and, I, and I'm not trying to say like, hey, I want just terrible things. Like, not that at all. But I was just like, whatever you have that is going to make us grow just let it rip. Yeah. Just pull the band-aid, let go. And then within a month, he gave us a son. Yeah. And the truth is, I felt like Nicole and I like grew 20 years in two. Yeah. And not just on, it's like in our marriage also, you know, we had to like learn how to be a unified parent, how to do those things, you know. And then whenever we're going to have babies and everybody's like, that is just so hard. You guys going to see? And we're like, Dude, that's the easy. That's that is so easy. This like this baby does not even talk back or anything. It just needs some milk. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does not slam doors. Look right. at this baby. It right. was actually, but I think it, the Lord used it really to just kind of like grow us. And then levels of hard became like you know something right. that would be like super hard for us right. before. After we went through that, like our level of crisis, when people are like, "It's a crisis," right. we were like, "This is not a crisis." So we actually really did help. So th this is uh, there's there's something in the in the background as you've been talking, and we it's a phrase that we have. Okay, it's called we say it all the time. We're called but not qualified, right? And I think yes. you guys, you're called, but yes. you've also grown in education. Talk talk about no. that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's 
Like your wife has a we, degree, or she's you know. Yeah, no, no, yeah, we, we're therapy. we're both yeah, we're both you know like currently graduating or finishing school and stuff like that with like master's level, and we felt like the Lord asked us to do it. And, and the truth is, I I want to like be specific, like the children's home that we came to join. They were doing already really incredible work with children oh, yeah. for a long time. They yeah. were really good at working with kids. Yeah. I feel like we just came in and lit a fire yeah. on the things of the Lord. Does that make sense? Which yeah. that combo now became like, you know, everybody can see the works there. Those like, it's this incredible combo of people that actually really knew what to do when they were working with troubled youth. And then if these kids fall, catch on yeah. fire with yeah. the Lord also. So I feel like my wife and I came with this, but we also learned so much from the yeah. children. Some we, we didn't know and we came willing to learn. One of the things I want to tell people, it's like the Lord asked us to honor the place when we came in. Like we never had root you know, worked with kids that had gone to trauma. We just came in actually to learn in the beginning. We came yeah. in to serve. We came in to work extra shifts and long hours and and, and, and work. People think that I that I popped in one day and I said three prayers and, you know, two people fell on the ground crying and that was the, like, we just worked and it got to know us of people that like, you guys really have a heart for those kids. You guys work hard. You guys yeah. are not afraid to get dirty. And we honor them in the midst of that. And I think that's what the Lord used to for them to be like, share more of right. this fire that you guys carry. Right. And then seeing that coming so, into that. So yeah, we learned we learned a lot. We studied a lot. We excuse me, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And then I felt like the Lord asked me to go through through like seminary and I, and I, and I went through, I just graduated. My, my wife is in grad school. We, we take that serious too. But you, but you guys also grow. And, and I think a lot of missionaries, they go and they think that they have it right. Or they're like, I'm going to learn, you know, the culture. Right. Yeah. But you, I've watched you guys grow in trauma care, trauma counseling. Yeah. We, uh, we want to, it's like all of it. We want to grow in everything that the Lord has for us. Right. I think one of the things the missionaries do sometimes uh, it's like, you know, I feel like sometimes we can have, you know, people have the, the big vision, which is which is great. But but at the same time, I feel like they act on a really small time frame on their mind. And I'll give you an example. People like worship. We want great worship. And because we don't have great like worship leaders, then we're missing. So we're waiting for the Lord to send a worship leader. Right. And I'm going, when you are a lifer and you live life like that and you don't have great worship, you buy a guitar. <laughs> and you start worshiping and you sound terrible for two years and in 10 years you have incredible worship. Yeah. Right. Those, I feel like that's a little bit how Nicole and I were like, yeah, we came in, we did, we didn't, we, we were willing to do it and we were willing to learn from people that done it for a long time and better than us. But then we were going, the Lord called us. We're not looking to just have a hit here for like two years and stuff. We're called, we're staying. We're going to grow in those things and all the things that we have no idea, right? I have no idea about how to raise teenagers. Now yeah. I can train somebody into becoming a foster parent, into dealing with crisis, into helping, you know, how do you help reverse trauma and all of those things. I can teach on it because I actually lived through it. I grew on it. I can teach people how to lead worship in the spots that people don't want to worship. Mm -hmm. So it's like, now I go into the jails yeah, and I, I worship and people are on their faces, like just worshiping God, like weeping in the jail. And it's like, and it was like years of us leading worship, you know, with people like, and learning like how Lord, how can I, how can I bring those folks into worship? 
right? And just learning those things. So we were willing to grow. We didn't know what we were doing. We're we're not like that great. We're just really willing to to stick it out and just trust the Lord. Like Lord, you tell us to do it. We'll do. I'll try anything. You want me to learn how to play the guitar? We'll learn. You want us to do this thing? We'll do it. You want us to do that class? We'll do it. You want us to take a child home? We'll do it. You want us? We we are yes people. We're not saying yes to everything, yeah. but everything that we feel like the Lord asks of us or open the door and we pray and the Lord goes, we'll say yes. So then we. It looks like we know how. To do all those things, but like most of it, we knew, we knew nothing. The truth is, we came back from harvest school and we had a semester left in college, and we were like, okay, we have one semester. How do we do what we learn here? Yeah. So we felt like let's find everybody that doesn't have a friend and let's become their friends. And everybody that didn't have a friend at that time, they were on drugs, and they happened to had been in state custody at one point, and we knew nothing about it. We just became their friends, and. We got a lot of phone calls in the middle of the night of like hard things happening and yeah. people trying to commit suicide. And, and we were just running around as like seniors in college trying to help this guy. It's like my mom is like losing it. You need to come. And I'm, I'm, I'm going out in the trailer park and the person is coming out of the crowbar. And I'm like, I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here. <laughs> and and we, we didn't know anything that we were doing, but we were just preaching the gospel, loving people well. I, I think the best definition for what we're trying to do is the whole what Paul says, that we loved you so much that we didn't just share the word of God. We, right. we shared our lives with you. It's like we're going to do our life with you. We're going to let, you know, whatever the Lord has encompass like our our life into it. So I think it's just the willingness to, to learn and go through some really, really hard things and then... And the same time, rejoice. It's yeah. like, golly, like, do you understand we're going to be forever with Jesus in heaven and all the things that I'm upset two weeks ago will not matter. And it's just, I feel like people have a short eternal perspective, which yeah. it's not helpful, but I'm just going, it's like, I, there is a lot of joy. And when you say, how do you stay on fire? Like, I feel like the five core values. Yeah. Like I went to Harvard school and I was Roland's translator and yeah. I thought this guy's crazy. And the more time that I've been doing missions, the more I remember and I go, he knew so much that I hadn't, like he was teaching me things that I was not even yeah. ready to learn. Yep. And I was like, all of those things that I thought were boring is what now keeps me on 100%, fire. 100%. 100%. They, they keep me on fire and yep. I'm like, and I have joy and I'm like, and we're just, yeah. I was like, dude, this guy's way off. And I'm going like, oh my God, I need yeah. to go listen to those things again, this eternal perspectives, this losing your life. Mm -hmm. And it was just so, it was everything I needed, values, but it's yep. nothing that I wanted to hear. Yep. I wanted to be like, how do I come in and change the world in a three week mission trip? So talk to me about your boundaries. My boundaries. Yeah, you guys have, you, it sounds like you guys have set up a real great system for healthy boundaries, right? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, boundaries. So talk to my, me about your healthy boundaries. My middle name. Um, you know, boundaries. We we talk about everything. That's the thing. Like Nicole will not make a big decision without talking to me and I won't make a big decision without talking to her. We just, we go into things in agreement. Does, right. does that make sense what I'm trying yeah, to say? I guess so, what, I, what I'm asking is more like No, I know. So, so then, so then that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So it's like, so like for real, even me coming in the strip to share, it was like, we sat down and we're like, hey, what, what's life looking like? Well, can we make this mm -hmm. work? Can I do this or that? We, we have those conversations that I feel like it helps us to be in the same page because the helpful thing about being the same page is when things get hard, yeah, you remember that you're like, but remember when we yeah. 
All right? So we had decided that we were going to do what the Lord asked us to do and trust the Lord with our kids, trust the Lord with our lives. And we are like, we, you know, we need to, we need to see each other. We need the time that we have together to have quality. I feel like a lot of times people are like quantity, 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 like just stay together. And I'm going, we try to be intentional that it's like, that it's like the times that we are like together, like most of the time, like I don't travel much and I'm like home uh, a lot. And even though I'm like going from one jail to the other jail and the calls running from this to that, and then I'm going to the children's home, then I'm preaching. Like sometimes I'm doing like five services a day, you know, and in, all within the little town, right? Yeah. Um, just in different locations within the jail and stuff like that. That when we that when we get home, that we sit down, that we have dinner together, that we that we can say no, like we can't go to everything and we mm -hmm. can't make it to everything. And we just need to be together. So we 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 do those things, um, and we realize that it's like that it takes it a miracle to do well. So we try to be intentional. If I say that we figured yeah. out the yeah, formula, yeah. I would say that I'm lying. Uh, but everything I feel like in in life, it has trade-offs, right? For example, I have my kids and Nicole and I are running this and you know, they're like a daycare or a school, you know, and somebody will come in and go like, can't believe that the Lord gave you those kids and you're gonna send them to school and, and not have them. And you know, people say all sort yeah. of stuff like that, right? Which makes you feel super encouraged, right? To continue uh, to pursue uh, yeah. the Lord and love people well. So <laughs> like, I can't believe the Lord gave you these children. Now you're gonna, you know, let somebody else, you know, teach them and this and that, the other thing. And then, and then let's say, okay, I'm not doing those work, those jobs that I have here in the U.S. and I'm going to move to Africa. Right. And I'm going to homeschool my children. And there would be somebody that goes, I can't believe you take your child somewhere that you don't have me right, good right, medical right, care. Right. Everything is going to be like yeah. a trade-off, right? Everybody so has it's, opinions. Everybody has their opinions. And, and Nicole and I, we just keep praying and going like, okay, Lord, in this season right now, this change, this grew, this thing, what do we have to readjust? What do we have? What nights do we block off for just to be as a home? Uh, when do we have to go away as a family? Like when, like we try to sit down and talk through the things. And in the same time, through those hard things, right? Of making decisions for your kids, for your marriage, for your life. We're like, we just go, my wife was homeschooled. I was not. And, and you know, the, the Lord kept me as I was in high school in Brazil, like, yeah. And which I saw a lot, but it was almost like the Lord like blinded me to it. Mm. And, and it was insane. I stopped to think about it. And I remember walking into high school and people were like being shooting like heroin on their veins, like in my class. And never once I thought that's a great idea. Like it was just like, and it was not because I was walking super close to the Lord. Right. It was almost like I was blinded. Once that I, once that I left it, I was like, whoa. And it was like the mercy of God in my life. And I'm going like, Lord, you have asked us to be here. So if with the time that we have run our kids to have to go to school, I am going to trust your mercy over their lives. Mm. If the time that you're giving us is, you know, those evenings a week that we're together, God, then I'm going to trust that we're going to be intentional during this time, but that your mercy is going to cover us and, and, and multiply this time. So we're like really intentional going, you are asking us to do this. Those are the things that we're doing. And now we're going to trust that in the midst of that, that you do something miraculous, that you keep yeah. my children, that you yep. transform them, that you grow me, that you grow my wife, that you grow our marriage, that you, 
You know what I mean? Like, even though it looks unorthodox, but the truth is I've seen plenty of people, and I think you've probably seen too, people they are like, I'm just going to quit everything so I can just have time with my family because, you know, industry yeah. is eating up, and then they go home and everything falls apart. And it's like, and I'm just, the, I think the obedience of like, I, yeah. I want to be balanced. We listen to each other. We put boundaries and go like, no, we need to be by ourselves right now. We need to, like, let's start off our phones. Let's just be yeah. with each other. It's important, but it's like, but I think, you know, it's hard to write a book on boundaries and say, hey, you guys follow this. It's like, yeah. what is the Lord asking of you? Rest is part of it. Yeah. But I do think that there is a difference between self-care and self-absorption. What's and the difference? I, I think a lot of people fall. They Okay, this is my theory. Do you want to hear it? Give it to it. Give okay. it to us. It's probably, a, okay, here we go. Somebody that is leading a major ministry. It's like going around in life like 150 miles per hour. Yeah. Just, poof, they crash and burn. And they write a book. And they go, <laughs> slow down. So now they're driving around 90 miles per hour. Okay? The average, I'm going to say millennial because I'm one, is driving around the ministry about 40 miles per hour. <laughs> Off the gate. <laughs> Give it to me. And then they, read, then they read a book about slowing down. Yeah. And they get so scared. They go, yeah. And now they're like 20 miles per hour. They are like so afraid of burning. Now they're not even burning. <laughs> you have to burn first before you can actually burn out, right? So it's like, <laughs> so they become so scared. I feel like people are just so terrified. Like that's what, like I meet people, they talk to me for five minutes and they go, what do you do to not burn out? And I'm like, so you just met me for five minutes. I'm I'm okay. I'm happy. My wife's happy. My children are happy. We're we're still happy missionaries. Like we're we're okay. And and I feel like it becomes. I feel like sometimes people become a little self-absorbed, and it becomes all about right. them. And people are like, I've had people go like, "You're running so fast. I feel like you're trying to like lose your life." And I'm going, "I am." Because if I lose my life, I gain it. I'm, mm. It's on purpose. Like, are you trying to keep yours? You know. People do not like those answers, but uh, I love. Well, hold on. Actually, I think a lot of people love those answers because so? it's what's inside of them, right? Okay. Okay. So my theory is people want to. They want to. They read Paul. They read Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay. John, they read these things, and then we try to put it into a different system. Okay. Right? So you read the life of Paul, mm -hmm. and we're and like we're like we want to go and do that. 100%. Like Lord, send me. Yes. Right. But if you okay. actually read the way his life was mm -hmm. and where they went, how they traveled, what yeah. they did. It, it was chaos. Yeah, it was nuts. Right? It was traveling, preaching, maybe jail, working. Yes. You know, building, discipling, all of it. And I could at all time. Yeah. <laughs> and we read that and say, Lord, send me, use me. But mm -hmm. then we don't, we never equate the lifestyle. We want the fruit, but and, we don't want the And lifestyle. we ask the Lord to deliver us from everything that we ask yes. him to do when we were in the dirt lane mm -hmm. on the floor crying out. Yep. And then we start asking God to deliver us. It's like, use me, God. God, I feel so used. <laughs> use me. I had somebody correct me once when I said, here I am, God, use me. They're like, God doesn't use people and abuse people. Help them, Lord. I know. like, and But the reality is- There's I, nothing- 
I think I think I think we put up way too many safety nets, and I agree. And, and, and I'm not telling you that you can't take a day off. Please take a day right. off, like right, like we can go with Heidi. Heidi teaches the class, like eat yeah. the cheese, like yeah. It's it's it is okay. Like my kids, right? Because of like our lifestyle, there's things that are hard, and there's also perks, right? They get to meet right. some incredible people. They right. had to they get to have more aunties and uncles than anybody, and they and they love it. So there is this beauty and I don't feel guilty if I go relax for, you know, a couple of days or whatever, like, but, I, but I feel like a lot of times it's like, and I'm not picking on the people that wrote the book. I think they did a great thing. They go, do not run 150 miles per hour. It's going to wreck your I life. Totally it's great. Agree. And then they slow down to 90, but the people yeah. that read it, they're already at 40 and they go to 15 miles per hour. And all of a sudden they spend all day long thinking about <laughs> themselves. And then, they're wondering why is it not going forward? Well, it's, it's all self-centered. It's it, self-focused. It is. And it becomes like, but I don't like this, or I don't like that, or I'm not called to this, or I'm better. And I'm yep. going like, I think well, you're missing it. And I think you're so afraid of burning out, you're right. not even burning. And let, it's like- Let me just say this, because I feel like I'm I'm listening to the people that are like, yeah, but, yeah, but, and I did that. Like, mm -hmm. I can just say person right now I'm six months off the road mm -hmm. serving my wife. Yeah. Scaling come on. back on everything. Right. So that's what the Lord has. None right of now. us are scared to slow down, no. pump the brakes no, and praise focus God on the are. things yeah. that we need to focus on. And 100%. that's across the board. hundred percent. And I think, and I think that that's the key. There is a healthy perspective Absolutely. on Lord, what do you have for me and my family right mm -hmm. now? But there's something so beautiful about running on fire for him. Yes. That, that keeps you burning yes and so many people they run but they're not burning they're running because they're building yes they're not burning 100 percent. yeah and like god's god's not saying go and build 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 He's no 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 burn fall stand your face in front of me that's it now on you know john wesley was the one that said catch on fire with enthusiasm when people drive miles to watch you burn there's yeah. something about when somebody's burning on fire for jesus that the people are going like Whoa, what is that, right? Like Moses, right? Like Moses wasn't attracted to the the burning bush because there was a bush on fire. It's like, right? Like they are out there in the desert. Things catch on fire in California. Things catch on fire all the time, right? But he says that why he went to look is because the bush was burning, but it was not consuming itself, right? So like the, the fuel was not the bush. The fuel yes. was God all around the bush. Right. So it was burning, but it was not burning out. It was burning... Yeah. bright right it was not consuming so if the if the if the field just becomes me and i'm not close with jesus then i will right. i do believe that i will uh burn out but 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 i do think there's so many scriptures that are like do not grow weary of doing good because you yeah. reap a harvest if yeah. you don't give up that means if i do give up i don't get to reap the harvest that i was going to so then only get to do it sounds if a I little works oriented able uh you know, there was a guy once that said something about if you put your hand to the plow, that you shouldn't look back. And I just think he was right. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and and it, it, again, I'm having a great time. I'm not just. I, I really, I really am with the Lord, and and I'm seeing Him do beautiful things in my life and in my family life. And I'm not telling people don't take a break or not. Yeah. I'm just saying that I, I see people only taking breaks sometimes. <laughs> I'm going, I think I would, I think I would be exhausted from taking yeah. breaks. Yeah. I'm going like, I was, I was made to go out and, and, and preach the gospel and, and see what the Lord is doing. And when you see what the Lord is doing, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it just, it just really helps you and touches you and keeps you 
I think keeps you growing. How many things that you encountered that you saw God touching somebody and God used that experience to actually yeah. grow you or to challenge oh. you or to right like Oh yeah, like I've I've I lived on planes. I would go around the world. This I would fly the circumference of the world 13 to 14 times a year. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. it was hard. 100%. But I saw God do some of the most amazing things. Beautiful. And as I look back and and we're in a more calm state mm -hmm. right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I there's a part of me that misses it, right? I don't, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not like looking back and being like, what was me? But there, there is a place now. Let me, let me just ask you a question. So there, there is a part of this because I, 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 I know that making statements like that offends people, which is fine. If you're offended, <laughs> we're not saying we're right. I don't mean to, or um, I do. But <laughs> I think the backdrop, one of the backdrops of what you guys have is you have community. Mm -hmm. So you're not just doing this alone. No, in we're a bubble. not. Uh, there's a community of people. It, and it is incredible. And and you also, I hate using the word submit, but you also do, like, if if Bradley or someone mm -hmm. or me or anyone yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. dude, you got chill. Like, you would actually we're not that. We're not running by ourselves. No. We're not running by ourselves, right? And when we came to the children's home, it was like, I felt like the Lord said it serve the CEO of the children's home, serve this place, right? So we were, so we're serving. So it's not like we came in like making all the right. shots and whatever we wanted. It was like, you know, just we, and we have folks and, yeah. you know, Papa T that yeah. ran Harvest School, oh, yeah. Tony and Pamela, they would, they would call us. They're like, how are you guys doing and stuff? And they, they feel like something is off. We want to hear, yeah. we want to finish well. Like I, I believe that the Lord wants people to finish well, right? Like I don't think the story of the Bible of David is there just for me to go, hey, if you're on fire for the Lord, this is what's right. happened. I, I do think it's like, yeah. watch watch out, right? There is a temptation of you like falling apart, but I, but I do believe that, I do believe that the Lord wants us to finish well. You know, and it's so funny for me that when David was time for the Kings to be at war, he decided yeah. to be home and, David, he, yeah, and he and he had all this extra energy pinned up. Most people would be like, "Man, he's doing it so well. Look at that. He has extra time with the wife and the kids, and and then the kingdom. He's sending somebody else. He trained somebody else, and he says that he couldn't sleep at night. He had all this extra strength. He was made for the battle, right. and he's at home, and then he goes for a late night walk, and that's how the mighty fall. And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that the safest place is where's the Lord asking you to be. He has that pent up energy. He does, dude. He, yes. He had that pent up like missions call, but it like, wasn't being dude, put in Dude, the missions. guy was an incredible warrior for the Lord, right? So it says, <laughs> it, go read it. Like it he's laying again. there. He can't <laughs> fall asleep. He has all this extra energy oh and he God. go for a walk and, and, and see somebody. And next right. thing he does, he is like getting somebody drunk and getting somebody killed. And and you go, he looked like he did a really good, safe self-care move, mm -hmm. but he should be in the battle. But then the problem right. is if he went to the battle and the Lord had told him to be home, then it would be equally right. as danger. The story right. could be he's out in battle and then he met somebody else right, and right, off right, he right. went, right? right? So it's like that, like, Lord, what are you asking of me? What are you asking of my family? Like, slow me, stop me if you if you want me, right? It's like, I'm, I'm not going to get my worth from from running it's right. like i want to just be with you whatever you you say and then the lord the lord knows how to take care of his dude, sheep dude one of my favorite verses and anybody that's heard me preach for has probably heard me share a paul uh on the island of malta right <laughs> like shipwrecked he's in and out of jail he's taking care of people and then all of a sudden 
He gets bit by a snake in <laughs> serving, right? And then prays, prays for a dude, gets healed, and gets invited into the palace. And there's this little verse. It says, and, and we were entertained three days hospitably mm-hmm. in the nicest house in the entire island. So he went from like shipwrecks to like getting bit, making a fire on a beach or, you know, to being in the nicest palace. The, the Lord knows how to take care of his. Yep. He's my shepherd. Yep. I shall not want. So, I'll, you know, about a few, maybe a year or so ago, I went through a, a long fast that I felt like the Lord asked me to do. And handful of days into it, I wake up and I come to Nicole and I says, hey, I feel like on the end of this fast, you and I are supposed to go somewhere just for a few days and just relax. And and she goes, that's probably the Lord because that's not something I wake up <laughs> saying. And I said, I really feel like the Lord asked me to do it. I don't, I don't think he ever asked me to do that before, but I, but, I, but I told her and she was like, great, where are we going? How are we paying for it? Right. And I said, that's an awesome right. question. So about three hours later, this lady that I met one time calls me. I was praying this morning, Abel. I felt like the Lord told me to offer you this condo that I have uh, on the beach in, in Florida. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, that's incredible. So I was like, great. So then I'm I'm back and I'm going like, okay, how are we going to get there? How are we going to do this? And I'm trying to figure out maybe it's too far. Maybe we can't do this. Like we're, I'm still trying to figure out. So a couple of days into it, she calls me again. So the Lord told me that you don't have to figure out anything. Here's my car. I'm going to send you this much money to pay for the food. Here are the keys of the place. Get in the car, drive there, eat, enjoy, feast on us. Wow. And I said, okay, I can do that. So we did. And I tell people, okay, this is going to be snarky, but. Go for it. It's like the Lord knows how to take care of his people. And I'm going, but some of you guys take care of yourself too good. The Lord doesn't need to take care of you because you just take care of yourself. I just want to to be about my father's business. And he really knows when my family needs it. He really knows when I actually need it. Not everything that I want, but everything that I need. That's what I am promised. But what if it's in your heart, Abel? I know. There's a lot of things that were in my heart that the Lord said. No way, pal. I love you too much, right? So, and and I'm not saying like, oh yeah, no, but it, this is a desire of my heart. I see God doing desires of my heart a lot. Like there's incredible things. Like my life is more than I could ask for it. It's not easy, but it's beautiful. It's not glamorous, but it's glorious. But, you know, I'm going like, the Lord knows how to take care of his people. And I'm not saying that the Lord can't give you the means. Sometimes you give the means and you you take care of it, but it's always following the Lord. Mm. Like, when do you want me to run? When do you want me to stop? What is the rhythm of your heart right now? What are you doing in this year? What are you doing next year, right? It's, it can be different. It's like, I'm not running with a rule and just running with that. It's going like, Lord, what is it? Make it, make it clear. That's the thing that we ask, like make it clear because we don't want to miss you. So if you make it clear, we will, we will do it. And I just think most people are like, no, it's just wise. And I'm yeah. going, okay. How many buildings have you been given? Oh my Lord. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I have a, I have a prayer house that that's an incredible miracle. That was just like the Lord. And then we have this home to transition man out of the jail, which was like, the Lord told us to buy it. We didn't have the money to buy it. And within a few months, we were given, two people called, and the Lord said, but you can't fundraise. 
two different people called and said, hey, the Lord told me to give you the money. And I, I got it and I paid for it. And then a month later, somebody else called and says, the Lord had told me to give you the money. And I said, too late, somebody else already gave it. They're like, we'll send it either way. It was just wild. And then our, you know, our, our church right now, of course, it belongs to the children's home, but it was like they just built us this incredible, beautiful facility and handed the keys. And it was like, and we were not trying to church plant. We right. were trying to just, we were, they were just moving the kids from one building to the other. And then the community showed up. And yeah. then all of those people that are coming out of jail started showing up. And now it's like, a packed sanctuary that we're like, oh my gosh, you know, we're like, we need to find out something to do with the little kids. We have a whole church now. Uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been wild. And it's been the same thing with my, with my house. It was like, it was like just miraculous things. It's like, I come from Brazil. I didn't have any, I didn't even have a credit score. I was like a ghost. And the guy that owned the house just came up to me and go, I'll sell it to you straight. And you just pay me every month like you're renting. And I'm like, how much interest? Zero percent. Just like, yeah. Somebody that I just met didn't ask for it. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Like, and I'm, you know, so you go, well, you're a prosperity person. I'm like, me, prosperity gospel person? Not, not at all. But the Lord does know what I need for what he calls me to do. Right. So it's like cars. Like, people just call, like, hey, the Lord told me to give you a car. And here, the car I'm driving outside is like, praise God. And he just was like, just keep running. Yeah. And watch what you need for what I'm calling you to do. I will. I will provide. Yeah. And we get to have a lot of fun in, in the midst of it. And it's like, and now we're like, we're like doing worship, recording worship and jail and rehab and church. And it like, it's just beautiful. And, and, and we love it. And it's the Lord and we get to be part of it. Yeah. And we get to see people like, touched and we get to lay hands on somebody and then hear that they went out to do methamphetamine again but they couldn't get high after mm. we lay hands on them so they're back and now they're getting the sap but like we we get to be sitting there and you know and hearing for somebody getting up that got healed of cancer and we we get to see those things and then seeing the lord using folks to go out and do the same and like our folks from Appalachia like just seeing them like catching on fire they are hardworking. they're beautiful people and once they catch on fire they're like unstoppable yeah they're gonna be an incredible army for the Lord and it's just an honor that we get to like be part of it so how many churches have you planted so woo, we started our church that started in the children's yeah, home and it grew into a, a large-ish church now and then we have our, you know, it's funny. I think it's like it all for me, you know, like depends of what I, I look like, right? Because we start that one and then we have the church in the trailer park. And then we, like, I'm running full-blown church services in all the different, me and another guy in different pods on the jail. So it's like I have hundreds and hundreds of inmates. So it's like I will go in on a Thursday morning uh, and I will go into a cell of about 30, 40 guys yeah. and I will lead worship and just see, it's like, I'm not going to lie. It's like the pre it's like heaven when those men or those women worship and they just like on the floor and they're worshiping. And then I will preach the gospel and I will preach a hard message, which is a miracle that people don't punch me in the face. Instead, it's just like a hard message. You are in sin. You're supposed to be out preaching the gospel. I'm a foreign here because 
you're not doing what the Lord has called you guys to do it. Let's be free. Let's be set free. Let's renounce your life. You're not going to sprinkle a little Jesus to your mix. You're going to die to yourself and you're going to follow him and you're going to be a godly man and a godly husband or a godly woman. And we see God touch them and then I lay hands on them and pray and see what God does. What have and you seen? Like just this last week, uh, me and a buddy of mine named Trevor, incredible discipler uh, guy, we were out and we were preaching and you just see sometimes when the Holy Spirit rests on somebody and and I was sick. I had strep. <laughs> My voice was not doing great. So then the question went, Lord, do you want me to stay home because my voice is not doing good and I don't feel well? Mm. Or do you want me to go today? And the thing is, you have to be okay with whatever the Lord says. I, I have to be okay with either or. I'm not asking him, wanting him to say one thing right. or the other. I'm going, and I felt like he said, go tonight. And I was like, okay. So I'm going, my throat's kind of killing me. And I am preaching. And this pod, there's a group of men that we had discipled that are leading a Bible study every morning now at 9, 9 a.m. Like people in the jail that now are leading that we had discipled. And I came in to preach. And in the end, this guy, you know, he had all his neo-Nazi tats. And, and everybody will tell you, well, it's not going to work, right? Like a Brazilian guy, right. why am I ministering right. to neo-Nazi people? I don't know, but they all cry and hug me and tell me if I need anything. And I'm telling you, I went in to preach the other day and a guy got up to use the bathroom and I had to stop the whole place to take him out. Cause they're like, this man is here with the word of God. You don't get up to go in the bathroom in the middle. You go sit down and I go <laughs> like the other day I went in to preach and this guy literally during worship wiggled out of his wheelchair into his bed so he could give me his wheelchair so I could sit and teach them. Abel. It, it's just inc it's just incredible. It's like one of the first times I came in and I, and I came in and I said, Lord, what do I do? And he said, and kneel down. Show that you don't have a problem being here. They, nothing is dirty. And I just knelt down and worshiping. And when I opened my eyes in the end of worship, they had found a bucket. And they had flipped it upside down and taken all of the clothes that it was washed, their stripes that were clean, yeah. and they had folded and put it on top of each other so I could sit on them and teach them the gospel. Like, honor like that. Like, yes, there is hardship, but the, some of the honor, the, the way that we get to be honored, just like the donkey that got to walk down and he's stepping on those coats and everybody's cheering. He knows it's not for him. He's just carrying Jesus. But the amount of honor, right? And we're still talking about this donkey 2,000 yeah. years later. Right, he was being in so many movies, so many church plays, they all have to have a donkey, an honor. It's like the honor that we get sometimes for, for carrying the king, and it's not for us, it's for Jesus, but we yeah. get to be part of it. It's just incredible. So I'm, I, this guy's gonna touch the neo-Nazi tattoo guy, and I just lay hands on him, and, and he started like manifesting a demon and started like throwing up, and all of the guys are like freaked out, and. And he just gets delivered and he's weeping. And he comes up and tells me something that I keep hearing over and over again. And What's he that? said, when you touched me, he said, I don't know if you've done this preacher. He said, but <laughs> when you do dope and your vein collapse and he goes into everywhere, your arm catch on fire. Sometimes your leg catch on fire and you're literally on fire. And he goes, when you touched me, that happened and I'm still on fire. And it happened so many times. Now they will go in and we'll lay hands and those, Man, they were, you know, incredible, an incredible addiction. They have a touch from the Lord and they are 
on fire and they don't know what's wow. happening. They're shaking and they're crying and they're repenting and they are starting to follow Jesus. And people go, but what, what good does that? I said, I don't know, but if they start living holy and following Jesus after it, I guess something good does yeah. come from that, right? Who's saying what so, good does? Like, what you good know, does people, they're like, hey, that's, that's, that's weird, you know right, what I mean? And I'm going right. like, you know, like when God touches you, right? If I got hit by a lightning bolt, I probably wouldn't look normal. And it's right. like, I've seen God just... Yeah, touch people, heal people, set them free from demons like we're just seeing. And then hunger, people hungry. I walk yeah. in, people are sitting there reading the word. They're memorizing scripture. They have they have like verses everywhere, like on their cell that they're writing down. And I'm going, this is the gospel. This is what Jesus told us to go out and do. And, and sometimes people go like, oh, it's just, you know, so wonderful that you have this calling to take care of orphans and widows and visit people in jail. And I was like, do you remember when Jesus comes back and he says he comes in the end and he get the sheep in one side and the goats on the other side? And it, it seemed like all the sheep had the same calling. Take talk, care of, talk about it. Take care of orphans and widows in their distress, not yep. be corrupted by the world, to live in holiness, to go out, preach the gospel, to visit people in jail, to feed the hungry. Like, all while preaching the gospel. I'm not talking about like, you know, we just do good and we hope that people catch it. No, we go in, I bring people food and I preach the gospel. I come in the jail, I preach the gospel, right? All of it, because if I just give people food and don't share the gospel, it's like I just right. took care of them and then right. off they go lost, right? So it's just good works. I think we are all called to it. No, I'm not saying that you're all called to go work at a children's home. I'm not, don't right. be extreme, but I'm just saying as a lifestyle, all the people that I'm hanging around, are people that everybody should be hanging around mm. some way, somehow. The lost, the broken, the poor, the needy, go to the least, right? right. It's a, it's like you never get to a point that you just like in an ivory tower and you right. never go around neediness and brokenness and hardness, right? So I'm going like, and of course they can look different in different places if the Lord called you to Bel Air or whatever, but I bet if you're there on fire, well, you're gonna find a lot of people on drugs and needing deliverance and-, and yeah. I, I do think, and it's part of our core values, right? Is yeah. we see revival, we seek revival amongst the poor. Yep. Right, and there is a key, and we can say, oh, well, they have to be poor in spirit or poor. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. they could be the wealthiest person. Poor. Hundred percent. Yeah. Totally get. It. I get it too. And I would agree. See them lost. In and, yeah. Hundred percent. But there is something about going to those who are at the end, right? They are the poor, the sick, the needy, the broken. And do they do they know you? Do, do they know who you are in that community? Right. Do you know your neighbor? Do you know, right. I, I remember like Harvest School was incredible for me. One of the most helpful people that came and taught in my Harvest School was Amy Lancaster. <laughs> uh, we will go ministries. You can check it out. And uh, in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, I remember Miss Amy going. Does the drug dealers in your town have your phone number? Yeah. And I was sitting there going, No, but that's on my list now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going like, Do you know the broken? Do you do you hear the gunshots and do you run towards it or you run away from it? And my whole life I've been trained, you know, I grew up in Brazil, it's a violent place. It's like you run away from it. You run away from hardship. You want to run away from ugliness. And the Lord is like, run towards and see what I, see what I do, see what I do. And it's, and she was so challenging. And I was like, I've been trying to really just protect my life. And I realized that I was not supposed to now. I'm not trying to go out and, you know, 
here, let me go get killed today. That's that's bogus. That's that's silly, right? Like right. some people are okay with dying for Jesus, but not living for Jesus. So he's asking me to live for him, and I'm yeah. giving my life. But it's like for years before, you know, we had our church and all thing. I just would every time I drove by somebody on the side of the road, and I would see them like with you know, and I knew they just got out of jail because they're carrying a bag or they're on meth or something. I would ask the Lord, should I pick them up? And and I would just pick them up, and people would always be like, you know, people later on would be like, but what if they, you know, what if they what if they kill you? And I'm right. going, what if they get saved? Like, right. uh, what if they steal your car? What if they get home and don't beat their wives because they heard the gospel? What if they stab you? And I'm going, I don't want to be stabbed. I have kids. I'll, I have a great life. I said, but me getting stabbed, showing up to heaven today to meet my savior that was stabbed for me. And I have a step for him. He has a step for me. Don't cry for me. Golly, what a beautiful day. But would you it's say like, the person's oof. like, yeah, but your wife and your kids. I understand. You know, you were, you were, you were foolish. You Absolutely. shouldn't have done that. Absolutely. My, my wife and my kids belong to the Lord more than they belong to me. And he's a better father and he's a better husband. And I don't want to be like, I love my children. I don't do anything for my children. But the greatest thing that I can leave for my children is an example of obedience to God. And I think the greatest thing my wife can leave to our children is a it's a picture of obedience and surrender to God. Mm. I think that's the greatest thing. I and agree. the Lord will take, and I trust, like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be unaware, right? Jesus, um, whenever he talks about, he said, I don't want you to be unaware. There will be persecutions and this and that. And then he goes, but don't fear man that can kill the body, but fear God. So he wants you to be aware, but not be afraid. Mm. And there is a difference between being yeah. aware and being afraid yeah. of it. Like, I am aware, but then I'm asking, yeah. Lord, would you like me? And can I tell you something? I remember once time driving through somebody, and they didn't even look that bad on math that day. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, should I pick them up? And I just had that strong feeling, no. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be in disobedience. I'm not going to, yeah. right? It, it, it's, not, it's not it. But I have to trust that my Heavenly Father knows how to parent my children better than me. Yeah. And they know how to take care of my wife and he knows how to take care of me. He yeah. he's incredible. So I, I think obedience, right, is the key. Obedience right? is the Jesus key. Jesus tell the disciples go to every nation. Absolutely. And then they're on the way to Asia and the Holy Spirit says, Don't go there, right? That's it. So they, they can go everywhere, but you need to be obedient to hear his voice. Absolutely. And and yeah, and and if if your metric for whether it's the Lord or not is bad things don't happen to me. Oh, yeah, then, then it's God, and good things happen, then it's... I'm sorry, bad things happen, then it's not God. Good things happen, then it's yeah. God. Like, that's not the way that it is, and you can read that in the scriptures. Look at look at what, what the you know, I used You know, I used to spend a lot of time trying to figure out what God, what wasn't God, right. what was this, what's that. Now, the truth is, nowadays, sometimes I, like, I don't even care some of it. And I, not, not if, like, God is telling me to do something, but I'm just going, this hard thing happened, how... Right. I'm going, because I can't lose, because he will turn anything for my good. So it's like, so it's, there's one option, or it's God, or is he turning something for my good? Right. And I realize when I'm just grateful and I trust him in the process, yep. then, then I can't lose. I'm telling you, it's much easier for you to go out there when you know that you can't lose, right? It's like, me going to the jail the first day and like the first day I walk in, this guy start cussing and going like, this place is going to mess you up, you know? Mm. And I just said, what are you guys going to do? Kill me? Mm. 
sent me to heaven. It was like, that's a, that's a, that's a, wow. That's a, that's a day. And people were like, you're, you're weird. So they came out to here and I'm going like, or the Lord's going to do something or whatever the enemy is trying to do. When I trust him, he will use all things for my good. So I can't lose. Mm. Not because I'm amazing because he's amazing. Like, you know, I, I went to get a flight one time. And I showed up and I showed up and, and this lady said, sorry, you can't get in your flight. And I said, my, my flight's right there. Yeah. And it's like, it's 20 minutes before like the flight. And I said, your sign, she had a, a little sign right there. They said, you must be here 15 minutes before the flight. And I was 20 minutes before the flight. And I said, your sign says 15 minutes. I'm here 20, my flight's right there. She literally grabbed the sign and said, the sign's not for you. <laughs> and then walked away. And I didn't get on the flight. So me and my buddy are waiting for the next flight. We're going out to lead worship in Colorado for something, for a ministry. Uh, and you can just be mad. Right. Is it, was, this, was this the devil because we're right. going to go and God, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I just know that I sit down there and this guy says, hey, where are you guys going? Me and my buddy, are, we both have guitars and we say Colorado and he go right on. And I was like, no, we're... We're not doing what you think right, we're right, doing. Right. He was like, what's up? And we start sharing with him. He shares with us. He is like an addict. He is like really struggling. He's trying to go back home. Somebody had just robbed him. This one, this crazy, crazy story. We lay hands on him. He gives his life to Jesus. He's weeping. And I'm going, I can just go and sit down on the waiting room and just be angry for an hour and a half trying to figure out what it is. And then the end of the day, people go, some people say, it was God because you're going to lead the guy to the Lord. And some people go, no, it was the devil because you guys going to go to the other place and lead people to the Lord. I'm going. I can't understand everything. And the Bible sometimes doesn't make everything so clear. Mm. And I just go, I'm just supposed to, right, give thank in all situations, right? Right. and serve the Lord. So in the end of the day, you can argue with me that it was the devil. And if it was the devil trying to butcher the plant, we still got to the place. The people right. there still got saved. And this guy got saved, so he shot himself in the foot because I'm obedient to Jesus. I'm following him. He's going to turn around for my good. And then if it was the Lord, then why am I going to go yell at the lady that hid the sign and was being like super not helpful right. if the Lord wanted me to stay there so his son could be born again? Like when you are with Jesus... <laughs> You can't lose. Was it the lawyer in the parable of the Good Samaritan? Uh, there's a phrase that says, and the lawyer asked, well, you know, um, he asked he asked Jesus this question, and it says, and he was wanting to justify himself. Mm. Who is my neighbor? Right? He was trying to get out of it. He was trying to figure it all out. And that's when Jesus goes in the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? And he goes, everybody, basically. Mm -hmm. Poor the sick, yeah. me and the broken. And I always found that funny, not funny, it's beautiful, right? What are we trying to justify, right? What are we trying to justify in our lives to pull us away from doing the thing that Jesus has called us to do? And it could be, it could be, I should have gone on that flight or whatever it is, yeah. name it. But there's a beautiful thing. I think you and your wife are walking in it. It's just the beautiful walk with the Lord. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to make sense. And we don't know what we're doing 95% of the time. I had no idea what to do when I got into a jail. Yeah. I was like. Yeah. But 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 you're there. And but I'm there. God's moving. Yes. 
And I just think, well, it's one of our, I think going back to Rollin and our core values, yeah. right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's not optional. Right. It's not an option. It is It is not an option. And it's a gift, right? Because if the Lord, joy of the Lord is your strength and you don't have any joy, then you're weak. Talk about it. <laughs> like if the joy of the Lord is my strength, I don't have any joy, then I'm weak. And, and, and I'm just going from bummer to bummer and just like, you know, everything. I'm going like, do you trust him? Is he good? Does he have good plans? Does he know what he's doing? How much do you actually know about anything? Like, you know that's a microphone. If I ask you what brand that is, sure. you're going to tell me sure. Yeah. I, you can may tell me how much it cost. Oh, 100%. But you can't, but, but, I bet, but I bet you can't tell me about all the wiring inside. No. And I bet you can't tell me where part of the, like this metal came from and where did they collect the minerals to do the, like, and the Lord knows all of that, right? It's like, I take a guitar to, to do worship in the jail. Right. And it's like, I know there is a guitar. I know that there is six string. I know how to play the guitar. I'm feeling pretty good about this. I know where the guitar came from. But the Lord knows the seed that fell in the ground that became a tree that somebody was going to chop to make the guitar so that I could be playing and somebody could be delivered. Mm. Uh, like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that is how much he knows just right. about a seed. Right. How much does he know about everything? And I'm just, I just realized that he knows a lot. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm diligently, you know, in the scriptures, right? I have a, like a master degree in theology. Like I, I, I love the word. I leave it in the word. I got his sola scriptura. Awesome. I want to know everything that the Lord has revealed in scriptures, but I'm just saying like, he just knows so much. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what he's doing. He knows the plan. He knows all the things. So I just learned how to trust him. Mm. I'm going, you literally know everything. I don't. I'm here and I want to be obedient. Yeah. You tell me some days I'm going to understand. Some days I'm going to see this victory and I'm going to celebrate, right? And I've seen somebody heal of cancer and I, and, I, and I love it, right? And you lay hands on somebody and blind eyes open. I love it. I've seen it. I've seen the Lord do it. And it's beautiful and it's incredible and then you see somebody that you love getting hit by a car and killed and and you go going to pray for them and they die and you and then some people go it's that this and that the other thing i'm just going in the very end of the day i just wake up and i'm going jesus i trust you yeah you told me to lay hands on the sick so every time that i'm going to lay hands i'm going to believe that they're going to get healed every time that i'm going to preach the gospel i'm going to believe that people are going to get saved every time that you tell me something i'm going to believe in this outcome I don't understand everything. I don't understand how you do everything, what people, I don't understand all of it. I just trust you mm. so I can have joy and I can laugh and I can enjoy the ride with him. And do I cry sometimes? The hard things happen? Absolutely. But I'm always going back to like, you know, Jesus, you know everything. And, when I, and, and people that tell me like, when I get to God, I'm going to have some questions. Dude, when you get there, you're going to fall on your face. Yeah. The only thing you're going to be wondering is how come that you're so good that you would let me come? Right. Like, how come are you so incredible that you send Jesus for me? That's the only question you may have. You're not going to be, you're just going to know that he was just beautiful and he knew all the things that you did and then you just learned how to trust him. I only get to trust him in this life. So I just want to trust him with everything I have. I love it. Uh, I want to do something. Okay. As we close this down, because we've gone a little while. Okay. Uh, do we have an acoustic upstairs? I do. 
You do. You want me to grab it? Where, it's in your room? Yeah, I'll grab it. No, 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 no. stay here. Uh, Hank, or uh, someone will grab it. Uh, After I had my, I just started beating my strep throat. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to sound amazing. There's something, <laughs> there's a There's a, a lot that's going on in green. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that's going on in your base. Uh, one of the things is you guys have been putting out worship. Yes. So you're talking about, I know you've mentioned worship and going into the prisons. Um, you, you've put out your first album. We Yeah, we put out this first little EP, Out of Obedience. Mm -hmm. Literally, the Lord was like, I want you to write worship music with some sounds of Appalachia. And I, I and I literally said, Lord, this sounds like a terrible plan. Like, I'm from Brazil. Yeah. And he said, do it. And within a couple of days, this guy called Graciano calls me. And he goes, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to help you. And I was like, who are you? And he's like, I'm from Brazil. I said, what do you do? He's like, some music production. And I was like, of course you do. So we literally start working over WhatsApp and doing the songs and we record it. And I put it out, out of obedience. I was like, yeah. okay, Lord, you told me to do it. I did it, I'm done. And then somebody messages me on Instagram and says like, hey, one of your songs, whatever, was like my favorite uh, in years, like worship songs in years. So I was like, who is that? So I click it and I go, you produce like four Bethel albums and John Mark McMillan, everybody that I like. And I was like, and you like one of those songs? What's going on? So he messages me and he goes, you know, I feel like the Lord wants us to work together. And I was like, what in the world? And I'm like, he's from like the West Coast. And I was like, how is that going to happen? And he goes, and the Lord just told me six months ago to move 15 minutes from you. So yeah. he just lives down the street. So twice a week we we work now. Thank Thanks, you. Hank. Uh, can I tell you something funny on this guitar? You tell me whatever you want. When I went to harvest school, yeah, uh, the Lord told me to give my guitar away. Okay. And I was completely okay with giving my guitar to Mozambique. And then the Lord told me to give my guitar to this kid that from like North Carolina. Okay. That looked like, I don't know, a high school musical character. <laughs> In the sweetest way possible. If you're, if you're listening to that, you're an amazing man of God. Um, and I was like, I was not okay with that. And the Lord was like, do it. So I gave my guitar away. The day I gave my guitar away, I like wrote a song or whatever. Like I wrote a worship song. That's 10 years ago. Okay. So I started working with this guy now named Gabriel Wilson. And he was like, come on in. Let's see what we're going to be working on today. And I said, I have this song. And he was like, okay, pick up a guitar. So I pick up this guitar in his studio. And he said, what is it? It's a, it's a, like a, like Gibson? a Gibson guitar. Ooh. Yes. Let's it's go. like, yeah, it's like a 1960s, like really nice Gibson. So I pick it up and I play the song. And in the end of the song, so I played the song that I wrote the day I gave my guitar away at Harvest School. Mm -hmm. And since then, like, I haven't owned a guitar in years. I just, I just haven't, I just haven't owned a guitar. There's a guitar in church, I'll use it, but I haven't owned one in years. So I don't, I'm recording this album, but I don't own a guitar. Right. So I play, I don't tell him the story, I just play the song. And in the end of the song, he said, hey, the Lord told me to give you the guitar. And I was like, what? He said... Years ago, somebody came and sold me this guitar. The Lord said, buy it. And you're going to call the guitar the orphan until I show you which home to go to. And it's yours. Just take it. Wow. And I and then I turned around and I told him, I said, 10 years ago when I wrote the song, blah, blah, blah. and he was like, no way. So that, what I'm trying to say is that's how much the Lord crazy. knows. And that's how much we we don't uh we, we don't know. Uh, we're going to we're going to end this thing. OK. First of all, thanks for coming on. 
just yeah me too that's actually that was my <laughs> that's top. why you're like yeah, yeah. so uh thanks for coming abel I uh, really love you, man. I, I know, I know. Hey, dude, give me a little. Give me a little. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, I feel like I can do an altar call. No, thank you for coming um, and hanging out with us. Um, if people want to connect with with you guys, how can they do that? Come call. <laughs> how would they find? Uh, how do they find it? Can I put like an? Can I put like an email address under the like on the description of this video? Yeah, what is the email address? They can just email me at abelcarico at irisglobal.org. Okay. Abel Carico. Spell that. A B. A B E L, like in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, C A R R I C O. At Iris Global. Not Isis Global. Two different dot <laughs> org. Dot org. Okay, there you go. You got it. And we'll stick it down in the description as well. Um, so you have an album, Mountain People Worship? Worship, yeah. Yep. So then we have... And we it's have on Spotify, Apple it, Music. It yep. is, it is. Um, so actually, so we have a couple more songs coming out mm -hmm. by the end of the month. But this project that I'm working with Gabriel, which is just like all those songs that I'm writing for folks to worship at the children's home, at the jail, at the rehab. Yep. Um, we're starting to release those in May, and we're going to release probably a song a month for the next, like, 12 months or something. Okay. So it all starts in, in May. We'll go for it. I'm going to let you take it out. I'm going to step aside. I wake up in the dead of night with my heart calling yours. Jesus, Jesus, oh, I lie wide awake in bed with my heart beating out of my chest. Jesus, Jesus, my heart wants you. Jesus, Jesus, 
Even in my trials I'm praising Even through my fires I'm gazing At Jesus, Jesus, my hope 